0: All right, hey, um, I know a lot of you, but if I don't know you, my name's Chris. I'm one of our pastors here on staff. I'm not the lead pastor of this church. I'm just a pastor on staff. Our pastor, J.D., is on sabbatical. He'll be back in September. Um, so you got, you got me and some other people that are gonna be sharing for a while. But before I jump in, this is my family. There they are. Um, it's like the, we're uh, like the Von Trapp family. Today, it's like, Christy was leading worship, Mike is playing guitar, I'm preaching, you know, it's just, that's a whole family affair happening today. They're, they're incredible. I love my family. This is probably my favorite, like, family photo session we ever did. We just recently did it, and we just said, you know what? No matchy, wear whatever you want. <laughs> wear whatever you want, and so, you know, Sawyer's in a, a onesie. Because why not, Mike? If you've not worn one, go buy one. They're fantastic. You know, um, do you guys have a good week? Before we get started, yeah. Anybody? Good weeks, bad weeks. I had one of those weeks um, that if you if you don't laugh about it, then you'll just be like crying on the floor. Um, like this week. <laughs> It makes me laugh even thinking about it. Now, so Tuesday night during dinner, our house caught on fire and we, no joke, we had a small electrical fire in our bedroom and thankfully my wife can smell things from like 10 miles away. She's got like the nose of a bloodhound. So we're sitting at dinner and she just jumps from the table and runs to our bedroom and starts screaming my name. So I'm like, what's happening? And sure enough, the room's full of smoke, and you know, so we have to shut down the power, and the power's still shut down because uh, it's a mess. But we've we had a fire on Tuesday, Thursday morning. I woke up to our, le- our our ceiling leaking and our laundry room full of water. So we've got a fire, we've got a flood. Last night, Austin FC tied the San Jose Earthquakes. So now we're just praying for the still small voice to show up here in our midst, because we've already had fire, flood, and earthquakes. We just want his presence. You know, here's the, the truth of that, though. You know, we, sometimes we have these weeks where it just feels like things keep happening to us. And, you know, as I was praying about what I needed to share today, just God reminded me, like, hey, People need to be encouraged that, look, the devil did not wire my house. And so he's not responsible for the aluminum wire going bad in my house. The devil didn't cause the rain to come and for us to have a hole in our roof when it happened. He's not that good. He doesn't get credit for those events. But what he will try to do is when things like this happen in our life, he will try to sow seeds of doubt that God is with you. He will sow seeds of discouragement that God is not gonna be for you. He will try to put your, distract you to get your attention on anything else. He's gonna sow seeds. He doesn't. He can't do all that, but he can sow seeds. And so what we wanna do this morning, and we just did it again, but I'm like, we're just gonna, again, invite the Holy Spirit to come and wash over us because there's things that the devil's been trying to sow into your life little seeds of discouragement, doubt, despair, dissension in your relationships. And we just want to again say, God, would you wash over us in this moment? Wash away all the filth and let us receive from you. God, wash away all the filth. God, we, I just pray that over us. As we hear the scriptures, as we, we look at you, would you wash over us again? Would your presence just be in here meeting with us? so that we can experience you. And let every seed that has tried to take root in our heart that is not from the Spirit of God be uprooted today so that we can encounter you. Amen, amen. All right, I promise I'm gonna get into it because uh, I told you I wasn't gonna talk long. Um, we are in week two of a new series that we're calling Church in the Wild. And what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be taking a slow walk through the book of Acts over the next few months. Pastor Andrew kicked it off last week as he framed out what we're gonna be doing and jumped into Acts chapter one. And what we're gonna do is we're just gonna walk through chapter by chapter over the next few months and just look at this kind of like thesis thought is we are the people of God and God is wanting to work in us and through us to see his kingdom advanced. As the people of God, God is always wanting to work in us and through us so that his kingdom is advanced. And so we want to encourage you to jump in to this journey with us. We had these bookmarks printed up that you can grab one. So if you're a physical Bible person, you've got a paper Bible that you read from. You know, you're probably over 40, And so here we go. For those of us that are reading that way, stick this in your Bible. Tomorrow's May 1st, all right? Let's take the month of May and let's read the book of Acts together. That even gives you like a few skip days that if you like forget, you can still finish because there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Now, if you're a digital Bible person, scan the QR code, it'll take you to the Bible app and you can follow along. You can even set reminders so that you will be able to read. And let's read the book of Acts together and dive in to what we're going to learn and what we're going to experience. So today I'm on Acts chapter two and Acts chapter two is a ton of fun. I mean, it is a blast. Like, the Holy Spirit is poured out at Pentecost. Thousands of people get saved. Tongues of fire fall on people's heads. You know, <laughs> mighty rushing winds through, through rooms. It is a blast when the Holy Spirit is poured out in a fresh way that the people of God had never seen before. And we're going to talk about it. But before we get to it, I want to just give some, like, rewind. Let's, let's review who the Holy Spirit is. If we're, if we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out, let's understand who the Holy Spirit is. Like, how, what is this thing that the whole, is called the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is often known as the third person in the Trinity. Not a lesser than, not an entity outside of God, but is fully and completely God. You know, I won't spend too long talking about the doctrine of the Trinity, but it's important for us to understand what it actually means. If we're going to say the Holy Spirit is God, and Jesus is God, and Father is God, you might be wondering, okay, well, how does that all work together? The Trinity is not a belief in three gods. It is one God who exists as three persons. Essentially, it's God is one essence, but he is three persons. There's a, a theologian named Norman, I, I always get his last name wrong. It's Geisler. You guys can correct me if it's wrong. It's going to be on the screen. He says it like this Essence is what you are, person is who you are. God is one what and three who's. You know, my kids and I love to listen to these like, Bible stories on the way to school. And one of the ones that we listen to is St. Patrick. And St. Patrick would explain the Trinity to the Irish people by, by showing them a three-leaf clover. He'd say this is one clover with three leaves. It is not three clovers, it is one clover. The clover just has three leaves. It is one clover, three leaves. That is what the Trinity is like. We encounter the, the Godhead, as it's often called, in these different relationships, God reveals himself in different ways. And we're to encounter him and to know him in these different ways. Jesus even said in Matthew 28, verse 19, that we were to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were to get to know fullness of who God is. And each of, those, each of the Godhead reveals something different to us. You know, the, the Father the almighty God, God the Father, you know, what he reveals to us is that God is a a protector, that God is a provider, that God wants to give purpose to our life. You know, we encounter Jesus, the son of God. You know, he's the, the sacrificial lamb who makes a way for us. He's God in the flesh. God who lived among the people. You know, and then we encounter the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who who seals us, who reveals truth to us, and who fills us. The God in the here and now. Jesus has ascended to heaven. You ever heard somebody say, I want to ask Jesus into my heart? Like, I get the thought. Theologically, that's not what's happening. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit comes into us and seals us. What we're saying is we want the spirit of Jesus. We want to submit our lives to Jesus. But theologically, the Holy Spirit is the one who fills us. He's the one who seals us. He's the one who reveals truth to us. He's the one who fills us. And so let's talk about that. What does it mean to be sealed with the Holy Spirit? When we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, when we choose to put our faith in Jesus, we are marked as his. We are are fully changed. Romans talks about how we are transformed. We are changed into a whole new person. Our sin nature, that was what marked us, is washed away. Because now the Holy Spirit has come and put his seal upon us. And so now instead of being marked by sin, we are now marked by righteousness. That's what the seal of the Holy Spirit does for our lives. We are now changed as a people. Ephesians chapter one puts it this way. It says, and you also were included in Christ Jesus when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of redemption of those who are the possession of God to the praise of his glory. You know, the significance of us being sealed by the Holy Spirit means that we're marked as God and we walk in the authority of God. If we're going to, this all, let me, let me again remind you, we're coming back to Acts 2, where the people of God are about to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're about to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which means they're gonna be submerged in the Holy Spirit, completely saturated and soaked with him. So let's understand who he is. What does he do? What does it mean to be sealed with the Holy Spirit? It means that we are marked as his and we are given authority by him. We are given authority by him. Think of it this way. Back in ancient times, you know, a king would give his seal... To someone to go act on his behalf. What that often would, would mean is he would take like a ring with his signet on it. And what he would do is he would give you that ring. And as you went out to do business on the king's behalf, you would show the king's seal. It would say you are coming in authority of him. So therefore, what you say and what you do is then now in the king's authority, not your authority. So when it says we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, let's get this. When we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, when Chris goes out into the world, what he is now doing is he is doing it with the seal of God on his life. So I am walking in the authority of God which also means I better be sure I know what God wants to do and not misuse his authority because he has marked me with a seal. I am his and I have his authority. He seals us. The Holy Spirit is the one who seals us. The Holy Spirit is also the one who reveals to us. He reveals truth. He reveals Jesus to us. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples in in John chapter 16. It says, Very truly, I tell you that it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because the people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can no longer see me, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. They couldn't take it all. He said, but when the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because... It is from me that he will receive what he makes known. The Holy Spirit is the revealer. You know, we've talked about before the that the new phenomenon in culture that is my truth. I get to decide what is real, I get to decide what is true. And so, you know, in this room there can be a couple hundred my truths. When the reality is the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who shows us what is to be true, which should be a great comfort to us, which means I am now sealed with the one who reveals all truth. So when I have questions, I get to then just say, Spirit of God, would you help me see what is true? That's a powerful place to sit. What it also means though, is I have to then accept what he says, which is the hard part for us, is we have to relinquish control. We have to relinquish our rights. We have to let him define what is true for us. We have to let him reveal what is true. It's not me making God in my own image. It's God allowing me to see him for who he rightly is. You know, one of the most beautiful things that you can do and just practice doing and learning how to like, okay, if you're sitting here going, you know what, I would really, this, I want to know how to do this practically. Like, how do I experience God as the revealer of truth? I want to encourage you that this week grab one of these bookmarks and start reading through the, the book of Acts with us, okay? And each day As you're reading, just simply stop in the middle of your reading and say, Holy Spirit, you are the revealer of truth. Would you help me to see the truth that I need today in the scriptures? And just write down what he reveals to you. Write it down. It's a practice of learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit and see what is actually true in my life. All right. The Holy Spirit seals, he, he reveals, and he also fills us. The question that is commonly asked is if I've been seal, sealed, this, this is where these words are going to get tricky, and I'm going to say I'm weird here in a minute. If we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, why does it matter that we are filled with the Holy Spirit? If we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, why does it matter that we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You guys remember it's about a year, year and a half ago when um, all over the news there was um, like parking lots full of almost complete cars. I mean, just everywhere there were these parking lots. It wasn't just in America; it was all over the world. There were parking lots of almost complete cars. See, they were just missing one thing, and that was these these computer chips. These computer chips were not able to be received. You know, there was this whole thing going on a few years ago if you weren't around. So you had these cars sitting there that were almost able to be used the way they were intended. But not fully. Because they needed something else. They needed a power source. They needed something to help them get going. As believers, that's like us too. That's like us. I can go to church, I can serve, I can be nice to my neighbors, I can read my Bible, I can do all the things. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, though. Otherwise, I'm just like one of those cars sitting in a parking lot without a computer chip. I'm missing out on what he has for me. I need more. This is why Jesus told his followers to wait, they had the Holy Spirit. The the, the disciples, Jesus' followers, the, the 120 that were in that upper room seeking him, they were acquainted with the things of the Spirit. They were not ignorant to it. Think about it. They had spent three years walking with Jesus, seeing him multiply food, walk on water, put mud in people's eyes so they can now see. He had raised people from the dead. They had seen the spirit of God and the power of God move. He'd even said, you know what? You can borrow some of my authority for a little while. And they went out and healed the sick. They had seen the power of God. They were acquainted with it. In John chapter 20, Jesus, after he has risen from the dead, one of the funniest stories in the Bible, they're all freaked out and hiding and Jesus shows up in the room, just like walks through the wall. And he's like, they were afraid. And he says, peace be with you. I was like, yeah, of course they're afraid. Like, they probably thought a ghost just showed up. And, you know what, you know what Jesus says to them? He says, he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. They'd received the Holy Spirit. They'd encountered the resurrected Jesus. They'd received him. And he tells them, but wait. You need more. For what I have planned for you, you need more. You need a fresh touch from God. You need me to, to come upon you in a new way, in a fresh way. You actually don't just need a touch. He, he says in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he says, John baptized with water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8, he says, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that's where we find ourselves. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, there's a lot I could talk about with this whole chapter. You know, I could talk about how, you know, um, the city of Jerusalem was packed at this time. Because The festival around Pentecost was the most attended festival. Why? Because the weather was nice. No joke, it was the nicest time of year. It made it easy for travel, so it was packed. That what people were celebrating was the giving of the law. What God was about to do was give out his spirit we were going to shift from from the old testament being from the old testament the law being given to now the spirit of god being given we could we could talk about that we could talk about how it says a tongue of fire came and rested on each one of them symbolizing that god wants to fall on a people but he also wants to fall on the individual it was reshaping how they how they saw what god was going to be like and move and do we could talk about how the they praised God and 3000 people gave their lives to Jesus in one day. How a move of God broke out. You know what as I've been sitting with this passage, you know what keeps coming to mind is the waiting. They had to wait. What was that waiting like? What did God do in that waiting? Think about it. Let's put it in context. You got these people who, by the way, aren't from Jerusalem. Most of them are from like Galilee. They're visiting. And they're stuck in this place. (laughs) Because Jesus said to wait here. They're not at home. They're having to live out of something. They're just having to shop for food. They're stuck. Not only are they stuck, they're stuck in the city that just a month before arrested and killed their leader. They're not all that popular in this place. So think about what they're experiencing Every time they have to leave the house to go get fresh bread or oil, they're either doing it in fear that they're gonna be recognized or they're doing it seeing the people that kill them. What had to get worked out in that waiting? When Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem for in a few days... A few days. Nice ambiguous term, Jesus. You, you gotta imagine he he ascends to heaven. They're trying to wrap their head around that experience. They were talking with him, and all of a sudden he's there, he's gone. They're trying to wrap their head around that, and he says, Stay here for a few days, and the Spirit of God's gonna come. Day one goes by. Do you think he came? Was that him? Do you think we would notice? Day two goes by. Spirit of God doesn't come. Day three goes by. No spirit of God. Now we're running out of food. Somebody's got to get out and go get it. We got to live normal life. We're starting to run out of money. What's happening? A week goes by, no Spirit of God. What was getting worked out in the waiting? What fear? What thoughts? What pain? What wrestle did they have to go through in that waiting? It was about 10 days that they waited. It says, again, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's all we get. What were they doing? What's the formula then? How do we get God to come like that again? They were just together in one place. Were they praying? Don't know. Were they eating? Don't know. Was somebody taking a nap? Maybe. Maybe. They were just there. They made it through the waiting. You guys, as I was praying for this morning, I just had the sense of God saying, You've made it through the waiting, guys. You've made it through the waiting. I don't know what you've been waiting for. As a people, they were waiting. They were waiting for the promise. As an individual, they were each wrestling in their own waiting. I don't know what you've been waiting for. Maybe you've been waiting for healing. Maybe there's been something off in your body that you're trying to say, God, would you, would you move in this area? Maybe you've been believing for God to, to restore some pain from your past, and it just feels like it keeps coming back up. And you're like, you get a a little bit of healing and then the layers get a little bit deeper and you're like, man, I thought I was getting closer. But the word that God wants to say to you today is a word of encouragement. You've waited well. You've waited well, church. You've waited well. Now receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the fresh touch from God. That's that's where we're going to stop. Let's, I want to encourage you. Let's stand up. They were all together in one place. God, if you want to come with a violent rushing wind, you're welcome to. If you want to come with a still small voice, we'll take that. God, if you want to come with tongues of fire or you want to wash us in your love and your peace, we'll take what you want to give. We wanted to just create some extra space today. We've waited well to receive that word and then just to position ourselves and say, God, would you come and give a fresh touch touch to our lives? I want to encourage you that if you're sitting there going, man, this is exactly what I need to hear. There's nothing magical about the front. There's usually just something that happens when us when we're willing to take a step into what God wants to invite us into. We're not gonna have prayer teams that are gonna pray for you. It's gonna be about you and just coming and sitting with God. And we're going to ask God to come and touch us as a people and as an individual. And the band's just going to lead us for a couple songs and we're just going to say, God, would you come and meet with us? And I just want to encourage you, come. Come sit in his presence. Let's be in this place together and receive what he wants to pour out. He says, you've waited well. Now receive the Holy Spirit.